Welcome, everybody, to another episode of T-Pop the Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. You doing all right this week? Yeah, man. No complaints. Pretty uh, pretty good week so far. How about you? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be as apocalyptic and nihilistic as last week, but, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it made for a good podcast. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, just to start us on the right foot, the uh, I actually looked into the uh, the the meteorite that you had had, had brought up at the beginning of uh, yeah of, of the podcast last week, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that during our lifetime, the Earth has already been struck by a similar size meteorite. Hmm. Yeah, in, in 2013, and somewhere I think in the I'm pretty sure it was in Russia. I'm not absolutely certain on that, but oh, uh, I, I remember that uh, one. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So there was a um, it 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 it, it didn't actually con make contact with the Earth's surface, but it like blew up above ground and it like broke a bunch of windows and like gave people like a weird sunburn. Yeah, uh, and that was it. Yeah. That's game over. That was it. So we're not all gonna die from that asteroid, even if it does collide with earth or not even collide but you know enter the atmosphere and blow up well fingers crossed uh sure that it doesn't grow no that it actually or that we get a weird sunburn yeah 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 that that wouldn't be good i'm pretty fair-skinned so i'd much rather I'd much rather the uh, the the well. Never mind. We're, we're gonna try not to be apocalyptic, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not gonna go down that path. So, so I hate, but I hate being sunburnt. This is probably a good time for you to go onto the couch and mellow out a little bit. So, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. So, um, I am not a massively you know nationalistic person. I'm not you know. Uh, the country that you're from should forever be the one that you represent on the international level. But I am a fan of how soccer uh, divvies out the, uh, the, the the national teams to, um, you know, divvies out players for national teams or allow, allows them to play for different national teams. It's one of the few things that FIFA, I think, does well. Um but that being said, the World Baseball Classic kind of remains a joke to me. And as much as I would like to get into it, and uh, it's just it's just hard for me to buy into it when you've just got people just with that claim ancestry to a certain country and end up playing for it. Like I would theoretically, if I was actually good enough to play, I, I guess I could play for Italy. I don't know. I mean, I I, I think of you know I think my grandparents are or my great grandparents are from there, so I feel like that's enough to you know to get you on the uh the the slate there or if you're uh if your country is a formal colonial power like uh the great britain was in the bahamas i guess those players get to play there too like it just seems it seems so contrived and i mean i understand look they you know they need to find a way to make the competition a little bit more fair because there's four countries at most that would really even have a shot at this thing if we didn't, you know, let other teams sort of cherry pick other players. Um, But that being said, I mean, I just don't quite understand the way that they do it. And I I mean, it just doesn't... It's hard to get for me to get behind it when there's just Americans playing for every single country in the world and... 
you know, and, 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 you know, just, I, I get that that might be more entertainment and that there's more parody, but at the same time, it just kind of sucks. Steve, I, uh, I hear your concerns and I agree with you about some of them and I disagree with you about others. Uh, but I'm here for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. All right. So let's move into our next segment. It's our semi-regular segment that will have an expiration date on it pretty soon because it's spring training minutia. And these are things that uh, catch the eye of both Steve and I that maybe wouldn't normally be attention grabbers during the hustle bustle of the regular season. So Steve, um, why don't you lead off? Because I'm actually going to reserve my spring training minutia for the next the next piece of the rundown here. So, okay, all right, yeah, that's no problem. Um, so this one might be a little unpopular that I even think of is minutia, but the more and more that I think about it is, I, I think the naming the opening day starter just feels more and more like minutia at this point because one. I think we were pretty well certain that it was going to be Mitch Keller. I mean, I, I thought there was a chance that Brubaker would get it again, um, but I, I was pretty sure. I mean, you you would you thought it was going to be Keller, right? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Keller, but I mean, it wouldn't have shocked me if it was Rich Hill. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, I mean, with the hype video, Velasquez seemed like he was probably in the running for it too. You know, yeah. but um, my I, I, I guess. Is it really all that different than naming the guy who starts Tuesday? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just one game of 162. I mean, I guess the, I get that it's the first one, and I get that you you're really trying to set up your rotation so that your first guy is is the one that theoretically is going to get the most starts throughout the course of the season. But the reality is that that resets halfway through with the All Star break anyway. Um, like I said, it just doesn't. It, you know, I nobody makes a big announcement about who's starting Sunday afternoon. You know, unless they're it's a new player coming up. Like it's just it's at the end of the day, it's just one start. But it, it is it's something that people look forward to hearing about. And again, usually it's known ahead of time. But I don't know. Just maybe I'm being maybe I'm being curmudgeonly. Maybe I'm maybe the part of Kevin Cray is being, you know being played by Steve DiMaselli this week. Yeah, I, I got to say, uh, let me just shine some sunlight on this, which is unusual for me. But I got to feel that it's a big honor for these guys, uh, especially when it's their first time. And it's also um, a confidence boost for Mitch Keller. Okay. That the, you know, he's he's had a relatively up and down career, I'd say at this point. Uh, last year was very good for him, especially the second half of the year. So it's the Pirates saying, hey, we believe in you. Um, and, you know, you and I have been beating this drum that it wouldn't surprise me that uh, an extension would be kind of on the heels of this move to say you're our guy for 2023. And, oh, by the way, you're also our guy moving forward. And I believe that I have until Friday to make good on my bet that I made on a podcast a month ago saying that by St. Patrick's Day, the Pirates are going to sign somebody to an extension. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, 
yeah, I'm actually going to take the opposite tack here, and I'm, you know, good for Mitch Keller, and let's let some people have some fun. I'm not saying it's not exciting. I'm not saying it's not good for the player or the confidence, but I'm just saying I just don't think it's as big of a deal as people think it is. Ultimately, you're right, because people get shifted around in the rotation during the years. Maybe someone gets a a start skipped or pushed back because of rain. So, yeah, it it, it really only lasts for the, the first rotation, essentially. But, yeah, it's still a thing. Um, all right, so for my spring train minutia, like I said, I want to roll it right into our next segment. Um, and I'm calling this one the illusion of Travis Swaggerty. Uh, whether you have seen it or not, Steve, Travis Swaggerty is batting a very robust 400, um, making great contact yep. with the ball, striking it with some authority. But uh, much like Lucy with the fo- with the football and Charlie Brown, people keep falling for the same story every year of spring training stats. Uh, maybe this is going to be Kevin Newman's year. He batted 400 in spring training, and then he <laughs> goes out and you know goes for 210 with no power at all. Uh, sure. Craig Wilson, I believe, probably holds the all-time Pirates spring training home run record. And he had a modest career at best. Um, You know, some pitcher will go out and have a a 692 ERA, like, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Used to pitch for the Texas Rangers, pitched real well for us for a couple years. Um, Latino gentleman. Hmm. Yeah, still blanking on it. Edison Vol. Very sorry. Edison Volquez. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a terrible spring training a few years ago and then proceeded to like mm-hmm. have a 2.5 ERA for like the first two months of the year. If I recall, he also had a mediocre first few starts in the majors that season. Mm-hmm. Like I think he kind of turned it around like yeah. maybe end-ish of April and had a good season. Yeah. So Travis Swaggerty is a guy. He was the first overall pick back in 2018. Uh, excuse me, first round pick. 10th overall, he just has never put together a truly healthy season. And he's one of these guys where I just look at him like, well, what are you really going to do in the majors? He doesn't have a ton of power. Uh, I think his ISO was around 120 last last year in AAA. He had a 102, um, excuse me, a 146 ISO, still not good. He had a 102 weighted runs created above average. So that's just 2% better than your average batter. Okay, yeah, 20 stolen bases, great. Um, he draws some walks, but he also strikes out a lot, too. I, I just i have never seen the appeal of him. He's a guy that, frankly, I'm shocked made it through the entire offseason and still kept his roster spot. Um, but yet people are getting that saddle ready and getting ready to ride for Travis Swaggerty, and I, I just I just don't see it. Yeah, and, and Diego Castillo is another one, I feel like, that kind of came on and had a great spring training and everybody was clamoring for him to be on the roster. And then he was on the roster all last season. And guess what? He's not even on the 40-man anymore. You know, he's gone. Um, I, you know, that being said, I, I mean, I think the, the the calling card for Swaggerty is, at this point, is defense. And it is looking considerably 
better than anything else that the Pirates have going on in the outfield at this point. I mean, you, you can't live on defense alone, um, but, you know, you can in center field. I mean, you, you can a little bit more in center field, I guess. Like, if, if he was going to be a left fielder and they were like, all right, well, he's a great glove in left, that's like saying he's got a great glove at first base. Like, <laughs> who gives a crap? Show me the bat. You know, like, you got to hit, dude. Um, I mean, he does have two dingers so far in spring training, too, but I agree with you 100% that, you know, spring training numbers, I mean, we're still in, like, you know, we're almost done with spring training at this point. Like, we're getting towards the end. Like, the, you know, we're half, half the people that were invited are gone at this point, you know. Um, but, I mean, there's still, I mean, I, I still don't think he has 40 plate appearances yet, does he? I, mean, I don't even think he's really close to that. In spring training or... Where? Yeah, in spring training, in spring training. Yeah, I mean he's he's probably around that, but yeah, probably not there yet. Okay. Yeah, but I mean that's an insignificant amount. You can't really say that's a hot streak, you know? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm higher on Swaggerty and I'm actually gonna defend him in a bit, but I'm not gonna defend him based on his spring training stats because that is absolutely not enough at this point. Yeah. So uh we'll see where that plays out, but uh you know he he may be playing himself onto a roster, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, get ready for two thirty batting average is all I'm, all I'm saying. So, hey Steve. Yeah, and I mean, so so I, it, Zips does have him projected at about a shade under seven hundred over the uh, the course of a season um, for this year, um, but they project him at one point six uh, WAR because of defense you know defense and a little bit from base running um they think he can at least like carry the load and i mean if he can be i mean if he can save a bunch of runs in center field and hit around 600 i mean he's still like a value add player he's is he an impact player no but i mean every team needs somebody to fill some space and i mean ultimately you know if you know, last year the Pirates unfortunately hemorrhaged runs in center with Brian Reynolds. Um, so, I, I mean, if he can stabilize that position and, you know, make the lineup a little deeper, I, I still think they can afford another glove first guy. But at the same time, like, one of them's got to go at some point this season. You know, they they already got glove first at third. They got glove first at catcher and you know i mean that's a matter of time until Andy takes over there but um you know i i still think they can afford a glove forward center fielder if if that makes sense and if he hits up great you know i mean it's, it's not out of the question that maybe if he does actually stay healthy he'll be able to uh to hit maybe a little more than we've seen hey steve i got a quiz for you okay go What's the only thing uh, that's failing faster than a tech bro bank? Oh, I don't know. Good question. Uh, Diamond Sports and Regional Sports Networks. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what are some so, of the other ca- casualties that have happened recently? Uh, well, Diamond Sports is kind of the big name because they hold... Uh, not just with baseball, but with other um, sports entities. They hold 42 regional sports networks. They filed for bankruptcy yesterday. And uh, they have $8 billion in debt. Oh, wow. 
So yeah, they're covering. Uh, from what I've been what I've been reading, that this uh, initially affects the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the Guardians, and the Reds. And you hate to see anything bad happen to the Reds, uh, such a model franchise over the years. Mm. But um, you know, it it could start to creep its way in on the Pirates as well. So we can't really have a lot of Schadenfreude uh, about this as well. And I'm kind of wondering if like that old Simpsons episode, if they can find a Christatunity here um, and maybe some of these teams can come out better for it by having their own regional sports networks. Like we talked about last week or a couple weeks ago with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, you know, they control their own futures and they are deriving huge sums of money from Mm -hmm. owning their own rights. And, you know, maybe it could get a little grim for 2023 and maybe 2024, but uh, this could be a chance for the Pirates and a lot of other teams to maybe secure their own financial futures and maybe move forward uh, on their own terms. Yeah, and just have a, uh, like, a a Pirates-only sort of network. Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. We also kicked around the idea of teaming up with um, the Penguins. Yeah, they naturally get paired with them most of the time, Yeah, you know, with television anyway. Yeah. So, you know, they could do something there. Um, and, and I'm a lot weaker on college sports, but I don't know if they could do something with uh, Pitt, you know, or, or someone like that, uh, just to try to draw in some other seasonal interest. But, yeah, who knows? But uh, at, at this point, the uh, most of the conferences have the stray games locked away on different networks. Um, like, you know, I, I don't know how it is in the ACC, but like, I know that, uh, you know, for example, Duquesne, like anything that's not nationally televised ends up on, uh, on ESPN plus at this point. Oh, so okay. that wouldn't necessarily work. Um, but I think the ACC is in the same boat as them, but don't quote me on that. I'm not absolutely 100% sure. Yeah. Well, they have their own. Well, the ACC has their own network though too, so I don't know if they they it ties in with that. Yeah, but it's uh, it's unfortunately common. It's kind of at the doorstep here already, so it'll be very interesting to watch that unfold this year. Um, especially because you got to figure the Pirates have already locked in their twenty twenty three budget with the assumption that they're going to be getting paid uh, in in different intervals. I imagine so. Could be interesting. We'll see how this goes. AT and T Sports is—they haven't tanked, but I know they're struggling at this point, right? Like it's not exactly—you know—I mean, it is looking pretty grim for them, too. Correct? Yeah, because all these—all these, all these uh, non-team-owned RSNs, we'll call it—they've—they've they've all basically bought the bubble, and that's the whole mm-hmm. problem. They keep. Raising rates, raising rates, because they're saying, oh, it's a growing business, live sports, live sports. And they're not realizing that people are just cutting the cord and finding alternate ways to mm-hmm. monitor baseball games. Uh, and and there's the, the subscriptions are just plummeting, and they have been for a lot of years. Um, so they're just not reading the room right. No, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's um, I mean, we haven't had cable in quite some time, like proper cable. Um, 
you know, and I mean, I think there's there's different ways. There's new modern versions of cable that are out there, like YouTube TV, for example. But I agree with you, like some kind of a streaming platform situation. The problem right now is like, I, I mean, when the regular season kicks in, I'll get the MLB package and watch the Pirates. No problem. No, no questions asked. You know, that'll be something that I do. Um, but I can't do that if I live in Pittsburgh. Right. You know, there's a blackout. You know, they have that regional sports monopoly. But at the same time, that really, one, if everybody's forking over 25 bucks a month, guess guess who's going to make a heck of a lot more money than any revenue that, <laughs> that the Pirates are getting from, you know, from, from uh, you know, AT&T Sports anyway. Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is, is that might be what the, the next direction is, is, you know, these deals blow up and now teams are just relying on MLB, you know, .com to provide that service for them. And I would imagine that's going to be considerably more lucrative. So I guess for our final topic of the week, um, another spring training saw that comes up every time is uh, a top prospect gets sent down and there's gnashing of teeth and rending of garments. In this case, it's Andy Rodriguez. Um, my personal thoughts, and I believe your thoughts are the same, is that I would have just given him a uh, six to seven year deal and said, you are now our opening day, maybe not necessarily opening day starter, but you're on the opening day roster. And uh, that way you just kind of cut out the whole problem of service time manipulation. Now, granted, he probably does have a couple things defensively, he still wants to fine tune. But um, he's definitely a guy that a lot of people want to see before, you know, the middle of June. So do you have any ideas on how the Pirates and MLB writ large can fix service time manipulation issues? Perfect timing. The car alarm that was going off just just went, it just just stopped right as you prompted me. So uh, that's good news. I can... uh... I only have to edit that first part out and I don't have to worry about it coming on while I was actually talking. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the woman across the street, like the kids don't get out of the car. And, uh, so she, she hits the panic button and I guess that gets them out. So, um, this is, this is <laughs> top notch parenting that's going on across the street from my house. So, um, but anyway, um, so I have a few ideas. Um, I think my first idea is I, I don't really understand why the rewards for with picks are limited to just the top 100 prospects. So, I mean, if you're not a top 100 prospect, is that basically saying like we don't care if you manipulate their service time? You know, I, I mean, I think the first thing that you need to do is extend that rule to everybody. Like, let's let's have anybody, you know, basically, if you finish in the top three in rookie of the year voting in either league, you're getting a, a pick, you know, no matter it doesn't matter which team, you know, or, or you know, it, it, you know, one per team, but it doesn't matter who the actual players are that are getting in there. Like, I think that like, like the way that it works with the top 100 prospects, I just think that's super limiting. Like, don't you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, cause it's not like somebody doesn't come out of nowhere every year and make a name for themselves in MLB just because they yeah. weren't 
arbitrarily ranked in the top 100. Yeah. I, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy from Atlanta last year, the My, Michael, I believe he's a Michael yeah, Harris. What's that? Michael Harris. No, no, no. Michael Harris was a Michael Harris was a top pick. I think there was somebody else. Unless I'm getting the team confused. Okay. I thought they Strayer maybe. The the Spencer Strider. Strider, Strider, Strider. Yeah, yeah. He, wasn't he in the top three voting for rookie of the year? Uh, it's hard to keep track because Atlanta had okay. so many <laughs> candidates. Yeah, they really did. They were kind of loaded. Um. Let me actually, I'm going to look that up at some point while you're talking. But, um, yeah, so, I, I, but one way or the other, I mean, he came out, he definitely came out of nowhere. Like, Michael Harris, I know, was a, a top prospect, and I think he would have uh, been in the, the top 100 of if, if you took a composite. But um, Michael Harris. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, super, what's that? Say it again. Michael Harris and Spencer Strider went 1-2 last year. They did. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. That was that was nice of you to look that up. Mm-hmm. So so one way or the other, I mean, that would have still only merited them one pick regardless. But, you know, like I said, to your point, though, there's there's guys that come out of nowhere all the time on, you know, especially in that rookie season. Um, so I would um, I, that's that would be my first thing that I would do. Um, the second thing that I would do is. um. So they, there's there's two things I, there's two ways that I, I might consider going about it. One, have service time tied to uh, when a person goes on the forty man roster. You know, like maybe give it an extra year. Um, that was my initial thought. But then you can still service time manipulate. Like a guy like Nick Gonzalez. Like let's say he's ready to go right now. Like he's not on the he doesn't have to be on the forty man roster. Um, and he hasn't been put on the 40-man roster, so they could just delay the amount of time that he's on the 40-man roster, and boom, you've you've delayed it. So I, I think ultimately the solution that I came up with that I think really nails it is no matter how many years a guy has in, if you can round it up to six, or excuse me, no matter how many days that a person has in, a player has in, if you can round it up to six years, so even if it's five years in a day, you round it up to six years, the guys are free agents. Um you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know if the owners would go for that. But I mean, that's that gets rid of it as far as, you know, I can tell. I mean, I'm sure somebody will come up with some kind of workaround for it. But, um, you know, I, I mean, it, it, you know, why not just put the guys up, you know, the, the day of? I mean, the one thing it's going to kill is September call-ups, but that's fine. I mean, like, I feel like I feel like baseball was has been trying to kill September call-ups anyway. Yeah, well, maybe what you could do on that angle with September call-ups is you could say that um, for players that have yet to debut in the majors, they don't accrue any time for September call-ups. Uh, maybe, yeah. You know, and then that way uh, it's kind of, like we can audition some guys, but then we don't have to worry. Like, let's just take Luis Ortiz, for instance, you know, or or Ronzi the year before. You know, they got a few days in. Well, that just extended how much longer they had to wait in their their real debut year. Um, so maybe the free agency cut is if you get if you crew over five years and thirty or you know or excuse me if you recruit occur. Rec- if you accrue more than six years and 30 days or something like that, yeah. that's when you become the free, that's when you become a free agent or, or I mean like, you know, so 
you know, yeah, I mean, I think it would account for it. I, I mean, you know, and then it does give a at least a little bit of a window for September call-ups. I mean, you know, for teams that are rebuilding, I mean, that is like the only reason to watch September baseball. Um, you know, and I say that with great amount of experience because <laughs> I have watched a lot of meaningless September baseball. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's plausible. I mean, like, you... You know, and, and I might not be having the, I might not be quite doing the math right, but basically you, you, you cut it off. You, let's, let's, you know, make the, make the cutoff date so small that it's, it's not going to get the player the extra year, basically, or it makes it, it makes it totally infeasible because you're not going to, nobody's going to want to wait for a player that's ready for an entire season. You're not going to, you're not going to like wait on, the parts aren't going to wait on Endy until September, they just aren't, you yeah. know, it, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. So, so like I said, if you, it, it, you know, if, if they're over that amount of time, just then, then it cuts it short. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, any ideas on how you might tweak it a little bit to make it a little I would just more difficult? Yeah, I would just get rid of Super 2 altogether. Okay. And say you get three years of men and three years of ARB. Uh, and then if you happen to get um rookie of the year uh or or something else you tie it to that and you say okay now that's your fourth year of arb instead of your third min year now that's yeah. your your first okay. arb year so you're 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 rewarding the player for performing and you're kind of de-risking it a little bit for the team uh because you got to think that if the player is getting rookie of the year. Um, much like Michael Harris last year, he was a key contributor to uh, a very good team. And, you know, Spencer Strider was right behind him there. And uh, it was to the Braves' benefit that um, that those guys were doing well. Sure, sure. And they, I know they, I remember they held Harris out a little bit. Like, I mean, but I don't think they... I don't think they were sweating the super two though. I mean, obviously it doesn't. I don't think it matters because I think that those did those rules go into effect last year or did they go into effect this year with the La- rookie of the year? Last year, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so the Braves are going to get an extra pick. Yeah, and um, and then they signed them to a, a team friendly extension. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I remember mid- seeing midway that through too. the year. So okay. yeah, that was a win. That was a huge win for the Braves across the board. My goodness. So. Yeah, they they do some sort of dark arts with their players and just yeah. convince them to sign incredibly lucrative deals. Uh, imagine that. Yeah, what must that be like? Having the dark arts on your side, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, that part's fine. I mean, it's it's perfectly acceptable. But just Bob like... Nutting is for the light, Kevin. <laughs> Bob Nutting is for the light. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I think of when I think of Bob Nutting. <laughs> um, so you know, mate, they got to do something because it's it's kind of a joke. It's it's a running joke. There's sure. there's no one that believes that these players actually need to work on anything anymore. I mean, only the most slack jawed uh, yokel believes that O'Neill Cruz needs to work on his bunts in late May before he can get a call up, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I do think that, I mean, 
O'Neill Cruz, I don't know if he was 100% ready last year, even with the bat. I mean, he went down at AAA and struggled and was kind of a hot mess until, you know, middle of July. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm not, you know, I, like I said, I mean, they, they, the Pirates do it plenty. I don't think that we need to, to, to drag them for that. I think they're doing it with Andy, though. I do. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I mean, I understand he's only had 150 ish plate appearances above triple or double A or excuse me above A ball. But I mean, I just don't I don't see how you don't think this guy's not ready, you know, at this point from the Pirates perspective. So, yeah, I I agree. If he's if he's not up by middle of May, I mean, that's that's when some questions really need to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, especially if he's hitting like crazy. And I, I have no doubts that he will be. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully they hopefully they waive their Super 2 concerns. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm all for, and you and I are both on the same page on this one. I'm all for stealing that extra year. Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that, that works. You know, cut the make the cutoff day six years and 30 days for, an, uh, for the service time. And or for free agency, and then eliminate Super Two entirely. Boom, you got it. I mean, that's a that's something that the the owners aren't going to want, and that's something the players aren't going to want. I, I mean, so, so that means it's a good it, solution. It, yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. Well, this is probably time for us to part company, dear listener, and uh, head on off to other roads. So this is uh, Kevin Cray signing off for the week. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thank you.